Welcome to the Christchurch Oceanside Podcast, a faith community on Vancouver Island within the Anglican Network in Canada. We invite you to check out our website at ChristchurchOceanside.ca, or if you're on Vancouver Island, join us on a Sunday in the News Bay. Today's message is brought to you by our pastor, Father Ryan Matchett. We hope you enjoy. Bless you. from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, beginning in verse 1 through 6. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Well, I want to welcome you to our very first Christchurch audio podcast. Now, what we have done over the summer months here is we've made a transition. We've moved from doing video services online to now just meeting in person, being present with the body of Christ, with our friends in the gathering on Sunday mornings, sharing in the table and the word and in fellowship. And now what we're doing is we're moving towards a more audio focused format through these means. Now, the reason we're doing that is because we're actually a pretty small church, um, and so we don't want to actually put too much time and energy towards video stuff because it doesn't serve our life together in the church in the way that we feel that Jesus is calling us to. So this is going to be the first um, rendition of that. This is going to be our first try at that. So if you don't know, my name is Ryan. I'm the vicar here at Christ Church. And what we've been doing for the last, oh man, it must be close to two years now, is we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew. And if, you, if you've caught on that we're in chapter 7, uh, we're moving kind of slow. But we're really trying to savor uh, the person, the teachings, and the work of Jesus and the community that that creates. And so where you find us, where you're joining us, if you're new to us today, is a series that we are calling The Good Way. And this series is really focused on the Sermon on the Mount. 
This is a large section of scripture right in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is just teaching for an extended period of time. And so we are seeking to sit under his teaching and be changed and transformed. And so what we see in this teaching is this invitation to follow Jesus in the good way, the good way of living, the good way of everything, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, um, societally, everything. Jesus is pointing us to himself, which is the true way, the true good way. And so what you'll see in these texts of Scripture, and I just want to kind of preface it before we start unpacking this text of Scripture concerning not judging others, is that Jesus' teaching is always directed first towards the inner life of the person, the inner life of the follower of Jesus, because there is their relationship to God and their relationship to themselves. And from that place flows how they relate to and interact with others, with their neighbors. So in that inner place, Jesus is often dealing with our motivations, our desires, our thoughts, our emotions. It's all of those things, the spiritual, the emotional, and the mental, creating in himself as a follower of him, finding wellness. And that's a central focus of Jesus, is a wholeness of the inner person. And that's a a main thrust of his teaching, because his opening invitation to the world in the Gospel of Matthew here is to the poor in spirit. It's to the grieving. It's to those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for goodness, who are sick of living a way that's harmful. They're sick of the cycles that lead them to more pain. They want the good way. They're sick of seeing how their relationships end up in the same broken place. They want a good way. And so all of this is what draws so many crowds that we see in the Gospel of Matthew, but it draws us to Jesus. And so here in this passage, what he's calling us to is to live non-judgmentally. And that this is essential of what it means to be a follower of Jesus for our inner well-being. And that's important to understand that judgment is something that happens first inside and then becomes external. So let me ask this question to get us started today. What first comes to mind for you when you think about what it means to be judgmental or to experience someone who's judgmental? For me, the kind of picture that I get right away, it's a, I think it's a common picture, but it's of a religious or traditional figure. And I think that that's pretty prevalent in our times. When we think of judgmental, we think of a traditional you know, institution or person or society. Someone who looks down their nose and, de- and is declaring someone, me or someone else, bad or immoral or re- without really knowing the other person, they're looking down on them and judging them. I think for much of human history, this would be a somewhat fair characterization in many traditional societies. In this type of society, you would tend to feel judgment or disapproval coming from the top down. Because the definitions of morality, what's right and what's wrong, tend to come from the top 
in those communities and societies. They are inherited or passed on by one generation to the next, and there is an elite group of which is in authority to enforce those things through judgment and consequence. So in a traditional society, you feel judgment typically from religious figures, authority figures, and parental figures, which in turn makes us then see God as having a judging predisposition towards us. Now, we don't live entirely, if you're in Canada with me here, we don't live in a very traditional society anymore. Instead, what we have is a more modern society. And in our Western world, we're kind of post-tradition. We're a secular society, um, and that looks a bit different, doesn't it, from a traditional society? Now, you might come from a more traditional family, and so because of that, you're going to have the influence of both upon your life. But if I was to ask the question of most people my age and younger, you know, if I was to say, do you think our society is more or less judgmental than previous generations, what would you say or what would they say? I think the most common response is we are a much more tolerant and inclusive society. And the reason we say that is because today's society values individual freedom to determine one's own morality and truth, their own right from wrong. And the primary, maybe only agreed upon, element of this modern post-traditional society, the only real authoritative belief that we hold to is that no one can or should judge you. Now, the complication arises in this type of society because we're essentially saying there is no judges. And you can tell we start to trust less and less and less the authorities that are put in place in our society. We don't trust, actually, the judges in place. We don't trust the Supreme Courts. We don't trust the higher levels of government. We don't trust those things like we maybe would have been told to in a traditional society. And that is because there are no judges in this ideology, because we're all judges for ourselves. So we're constantly and passionately making judgments for ourselves based on our own individual convictions. Now that initially sounds like a very freeing alternative to traditional judgment, judgmental societies. But in reality, we're discovering that this has led to an increase in judgmentalism, not an eradication of judgment. Because now judgments come from all over. It's not that they didn't before in traditional societies, but I think it's pronounced because we're actually being encouraged as individuals, to make judgments, to stand for our judgments, and to proclaim our judgments in public forms. So now judgments come at you if you're the one being judged from above, from peers, from those younger than you. Maybe you're a a boss or a teacher. You no no longer just feel um, judged by those who are over you. You also feel judged by those who are your peers and those who are under you. It can feel like there are cultural morality police everywhere. So it's interesting because I think we find ourselves going, we're in a bit of a post-traditional world. 
where we all kind of sought to get away from the traditional pressure and expectations and judgments of us as individuals. So we became individual judges. But now we find ourselves going, man, this is actually pretty hostile when everyone's a judge. And I don't feel super safe, actually. I don't feel fully known. I feel at risk of rejection constantly, even in this modern society that promised me an escape from judgment. Now, why this is important, I think, is because Jesus isn't just going to actually call us back to a traditional society or embrace modern society's post-tradition. What Jesus is going to do is actually lead us in the true third way of non-judgment. And the reason Jesus can do this, I think, firstly, is because Jesus himself lived non-judgmentally. We see it in his teachings. He has this ability to make clear, obviously, his convictions, stand on what he believes to be true without judging others because he explicitly states, I did not come to judge the world or to condemn the world, but to save it. And so we see this in his very personhood. But what we also see in Jesus is that he takes upon himself the judgments that sin deserves. So Jesus is kind of like the judgment eater. He focuses all of the judgment of the world and from God upon himself and takes it, eats it, destroys it, consumes it with grace, with love. And then what Jesus does is he imputes so that's a theological word, but Jesus puts into, puts his righteousness and morality into us, those who believe in him. So he actually puts righteousness, goodness into us, making us able to do good. So rather than condemning us based on our impoverished or sinful or terrible shortcomings and actions, Jesus gives us the ability, takes the punishment for them and gives us the ability to do what is right and good. And then Jesus, through in his church, creates a new non-judgmental society where you're not weighed based on your performance, but are free to grow into his likeness. It's supposed to be a place that's not sin-focused, but love, grace, encouragement-focused. Not because we're covering up sin, but because Jesus has dealt with it. So Jesus then provides us with the divine vision of goodness worth agreeing upon and encouraging one another to pursue. So rather than us being on a quest to find and determine our own way, we're saying Jesus really has the best vision. And I don't have to try and be better than Jesus, or I don't have to try and figure this all out on my own. Instead, I get to rest in a clear, good way, worth pursuing, worth putting my energies into, worth growing in. And then lastly, what we know is that Jesus is the only righteous judge. And this is incredibly freeing for us because one of the biggest parts about the third way of Jesus and living non-judgmentally is this promise that goes, we have someone who's qualified, perfectly good, always loving, 
the epitome of self-sacrificing, the um, highest heights of perfection and goodness and righteousness, who is gracious above all people and understanding and knowing and loving, all of these things that make Jesus uniquely qualified, he is the one who will be declared judge by God. It's actually a beautiful thing when you get into it, this idea that the divine judge of the universe, his plan is to institute is to take on flesh himself in order to kind of grow the perfect human judge to judge humanity. Imagine that. The judge of the universe is also the great healer. The judge of the universe is the one who gave himself as a sacrifice to save sinners. The judge of the universe is the one who lived out perfect goodness without blemish. The judge of the universe is, it can only be Jesus Christ. So what we then have is knowing that there is the perfect judge in place for when the time comes, when it's right to judge, he will do the judging. This frees us to go in good conscience. It's not my job as an individual to judge other individuals. And so what we get to do then is release the burden. The false freedom that was promised us to say, be your own judge, is actually a great burden. And we'll see this in the coming weeks as Jesus teaches on this. Not only is it exhausting <laughs> to have to make a decision about everyone and everything. I find that when I wake up in the morning and I'm reading Twitter or Reddit or Facebook, I feel like I'm being presented with a case where somebody's going, you need to decide whether this is good or bad, and you need to make your public your opinion public. And then you do that. You succumb to the pressure, and you're like, oh, this war is bad for these reasons. And then somebody else is like, dude, do your research. <laughs> that's exhausting work. I have to weigh everything that's going on in the world. i got to understand it perfectly. i got to do my research, and i got to post something quickly within 24 hours, or someone's going to judge me for not doing it. Someone's going to judge my judging. That's exhausting. But also, self-determining is exhausting. I think this promise that says, Ryan, you get to figure it all out for yourself, sounds like freedom, but when you're starving, it's not. When you're screwing everything up, it's not that fun. When you've got big questions and when you're overwhelmed by the responsibility to figure this all out for myself and determine what is right and true and good and works, it feels like I'm being orphaned. And, and it's by so-called well-meaning parents that are saying, you get to choose for yourself, but I won't provide for you. I won't help you. I won't serve you. I won't love you. You just got to find it all in yourself. A society that does that is not actually giving freedom. It's giving poverty. Poverty of spirit, 
poverty of soul, poverty of mind, poverty of body, because there's no paths to follow. Because let's be honest, this world is hard enough to live in. There's enough hardship and pain out there. I don't need to then fall into every single trap, eat every poisoned berry, and be consumed by every predator. I need a way to follow, to cultivate true life. Jesus comes into a world of orphans saying, I'll be the way. I'll show you a way worth following. And it's different then the strong survive. It's different than dog eat dog. It's different than do whatever you want. It's actually do what's good. Do what is right. Do what is fulfilling. Do what will lead to wholeness. Do what will bring eternal life. This is the way of Jesus and what he's offering. So what we get to do today is we get to take off the robes of judge. Because it's difficult to to rest when you're wearing the robes of judge. It's difficult to love when you're wearing the robes of judge. And you know what? It's difficult to have fun when you're wearing the robes of judge. So Jesus is inviting us to go, why don't you let me take care of all of this? And you can just follow me into wholeness, to salvation, into new life. So I think that's kind of the the best intro to this upcoming series on judging others. It's just this idea at the beginning to go, what if we just had the humility to go, I'm actually not able to carry this. It's actually weighing me down quite considerably. It's a relief to know somebody else is qualified to do this. And I want to follow him. I think that's the invitation today to judge not. Knowing that Jesus is the only one truly qualified to handle it. And he's inviting you, commanding you, and what was he warning you? The life of non-judgment is actually the good way. Amen. Amen.